Hello everybody, welcome to Flamingo. Today is May 3rd. I'm Jacob. Connor. And I'm Justin. We're coming to you live, recorded earlier in Connor's basement. And today, um, I think we're just going to go straight into recently watched. Uh, right after the last podcast episode, uh, Connor, Holly, and I... Oh, Holly isn't here, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Connor, Holly, and I, we saw uh, Avengers. So, what'd you think, Connor? Uh, it surprised me. I thought it was... Uh Definitely one of my favorite Marvel movies. It might be still be behind uh, Thor Ragnarok, which is probably my favorite, just because it was like the funniest Marvel movie I've ever seen. Uh, but it was super good, and it was heavier than I thought it would be. But um, I really liked like how they put uh, Doctor Strange in it a lot. Like he was one of the main characters. I love Doctor Strange. Uh, that was quality. I, movie was good. I can't wait for part two. I I agree. I know. I was gonna say. Um I felt like the movie was more focused on Thanos than any of the other Avengers. Mm-hmm. Like when you, um, when I, I saw a chart today that had all the screen time of every Marvel character in all the movies and having this newest one, you see it's the most even of any of them where every character had just about the same amount of screen time, except one, one had a little bit more than the rest. And it was Thanos. <laughs> Thanos had more screen time than any of the heroes, which I thought was so cool. And I feel like that's what really set the movie apart is like it, if it was really unpredictable because we were following the bad guy more than the good guys, it felt like. Or the bad guy was in each scene with the new good guy characters because they were all it was just really balanced how they m- managed all, you know, 15 main characters. And then they had Thanos interacting with each one. And also the pacing was super good, like two and a half hours and it just blew by. It wasn't boring at all, which most of these movies are. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly think it might be my favorite Marvel movie. I'm I'm excited to see it again this weekend in IMAX. Cool, yeah, for sure. All right, Justin, did you see something? I saw that awkward moment. I know it came out in like 2014 or something like that. It stars Zac Efron, Michael B. Jordan, Miles Taylor, Imogen Poots. Is that how you pronounce her name? Yeah, yeah, she's really good in the movie. It's about three dudes. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, he gets uh, he gets divorced, and his three his him and his two homies they decide to stay single for as long as he is so they're all on the same page and they don't do a very good job of that and i think it was really cute i think it was really creative for what it is i mean it's a february like valentine's day kind of movie except it focuses on like the male aspect of a rom-com which i think is really cool something that most movies don't do but this movie does a really good job of it for sure yeah i thought it was really funny I mean, I was surprised with how much I laughed when I saw it a few years ago. I mean, yeah, they have a lot of witty back and forth dialogue between the three friends, and that really works. That mm-hmm. kind of sells the whole movie. Yeah, right? The movie kind of relies on the relationship between those three leads, and it totally works for me. Yeah, definitely. You haven't seen it? No. Oh, I thought oh, you saw yeah. it. You should oh. see it. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's totally. I think it's cute. It's funny. This is a uh, really adventurous quality about the movie that I really I really vibe with. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. It's just cute. It's fun. It's nice. It's little. It's nice. not like the greatest thing ever, but you should probably check it out. Entertaining. If you're bored. Yeah, it's good. It's solid. I um I rewatched Den of Thieves, but I watched the unrated version because it's nine more minutes, and I wanted to see you know what they added. Uh, it's worse. <laughs> it's like a lot worse. Um, it's really weird. There's a scene that they took that was a half hour in the original cut. It's the first scene that you see Gerard Butler in this cut. So like in the theatrical cut, the first scene is him walking on that crime scene, right? Mm-hmm. In this, it's him coming home and explaining something to his wife that she found on his phone. And I'm like, what a terrible way to introduce the character. Why is it put here when it was put halfway in the last movie, you know? Yeah, at the in the original cut, that was like after you knew the character. That was, was like, kind of that was like the third or second establishing scene yeah. for his character. I yeah. went back to the theatrical cut, fast forward, it's a good half hour into the movie. When in this cut it's in the first like ten minutes in. That's really bad, man. Yeah, it made no fucking sense. And then also like the title cards would come up and like in the movie, in the theatrical cut, it said the characters' names, you know? And I was like, that's kinda weird. Because it, it didn't really make... In the movie, they never mentioned their names. So I was like, well, why'd they do that? But in the director's cut, it didn't do their names at all. It just had each location they went to. It said the location in the corner. And I was like, what does this add? <laughs> you know, like both <laughs> movies had title cards that were different. And both didn't add anything to the movie. And then all the added scenes were just con- like exposition. It was just telling you stuff that you already knew. Like 
O'Shea Jackson Jr. gets a job working for the uh, Chinese restaurant, right, to as like a part of the heist or whatever. But in in the unrated cut, there's like a small 10 second moment of him shaking the old Asian lady's hand at the restaurant, getting the job. And I'm like, did I need to see that? No, like I understand he got yeah, the job. Yeah, there's definitely a reason some of the stuff was cut out. Yeah, yeah, it's seriously all nine minutes. I was like, okay, I see why that was cut. And it's like that throughout the whole movie. All nine minutes, it was like little moments like that. I was like, there's no point. So theatrical cut is way better. Definitely. Yeah, Den of Thieves. Um, it's definitely one of the better January action movies I've seen. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty entertaining. It's got Gerard Butler, Oshie Dexon Jr., Fifty Cent. Anybody else in there? That's. I mean, no, nah, <laughs> not really. It's, it's really just a heist movie from both sides: the cops and the criminals. That's been done so many times before. It's. <laughs> I read somewhere that it was um it's basically like heat but like with a monster energy drink. <laughs> and I'm like that's pretty accurate. Like it's it's like a greasy version of heat. I think it is one of Gerard Butler's better performances though. Like his character is actually interesting in this movie. He's greasy as fuck yeah, he's in this movie. He's super greasy, man. He's fat and nasty. He's like fucking oily, man. Yeah, he's like the worst like he's ever looked. Like you touch him and you get you get acme, man. That's that's how greasy this dude is. The second is. scene he's in, he's just downing a Carl's Jr. burger. And he's like, oh, God, pass me the Pepto. And then he goes back to eating the burger. That <laughs> happened. I was like in disbelief. <laughs> yeah, me and my boys always casually pass the Pepto. Just like, yeah, yeah, pass me the Pepto. Pulls pass it out of his desk. <laughs> Anything else you guys see? I saw Brooklyn's Finest for the first time. Mm-hmm. Shit was depressing. <laughs> yeah. It was really depressing. What year is that? 2009? 2010. 10? Okay. And that's... um. So who's who's all in it? Was Ethan Hawke, Ethan Hawke, Don Cheadle, uh, Wesley Snipes, and somebody Richard else. Gere. Richard Gere, yeah. yeah. I always forget him, man. Yeah, it's like a cop drama, and it it just it had potential, but it turned out to be a piece of shit. <laughs> it's kind of not much to say about it. Really, yeah. it's, it just made me sad. <laughs> From from you describing that movie to me, it felt like the writer kind of had his head up his own ass. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna take the story in this direction because I'm writing. Because they real all had movies. to meet up. They all had to meet up at this one spot at the end so they could fucking be there. And Wesley Snipes' character was kind of weird. <laughs> like that's like when like he started going. He'd already been going down, but that's when you're like, damn, Wesley Snipes is not a good actor anymore. He's <laughs> the. <laughs> <laughs> like last really? time i saw him was expendables three f- for like five minutes i was just about to say total yeah i think brooklyn's finest was the last movie he did before going to prison for tax evasion really? like yeah that was one of the last one and then he came then back he came back and he did this one alien movie uh recently oh oh uh gala walkers on no. netflix oh it's no gala walkers okay sorry no it's uh it's like fuck i can't remember what it is but he's actually kind of a badass in the movie but it's a b it's like a b movie but he made a movie that's a western about like zombies western it's yeah that's the this type walkers. of shit he's trying to like he's making some b-grade movies and he's, it's just straight he dvd to. but he's the hero he, yeah. he's like he's the main character in this other one that i watched i can't remember what it is it's gonna bug me but it's bad <laughs> it's it was funny just seeing wesley snipes <laughs> like back is like fucking action snipes and being yeah a, and he was kind of a badass like where's blade four he was an alien killer so it was pretty badass i love it i love wesley snipes is just fun to watch like he's just entertaining he yeah. used to be a cool action but now movie. you know he's he's getting up there he's gotta like find another he's gotta do maybe he's gotta pull like a, a fucking eddie murphy or something mm-hmm. and i don't know liam neeson didn't do action movies his whole career and then when he's like 55 yeah, but he's doing like real real like two theater fucking movies and like yeah yeah wesley snipes also started with action like in the 80, you know 90s with like passenger 57 and stuff like he has a lot of classic i mean demolition man oh god i love that i mean movie. same with like arnold and stallone stallone had like bullet to the head and oh, arnold had like okay. last stand yeah, but yeah. last stand's like, great i love last the last is, stand last stand is a pretty good film the but like sabotage the i'm not a fan though yeah, the 80s is just the perfect time for fucking action movies it like, was because like everyone was into like metal and they're all about like that action they're all about the craziest craziness and i feel like they just got real creative with it like they just i mean a lot of it i think the 80s a lot of it was just about the kills like it was like oh what's the most creative way we can kill this bad guy and i feel like that's why it was just fun is because it was just like oh like look how cool this is like they're just having fun with it and so we're having fun watching it and yeah i don't know 
ever since like the dark knight people were like okay every action movie has to be super serious now and that kind of ruined the vibes Mm -hmm. like there are a lot of cool cheesy 2000s action movies then ever since dark knight people kind of had to rewrite it yeah to make it more serious they all turn dark and edgy and like yeah yeah why can't they just be like goofy sometimes you know like i feel like i see a lot of unless it's a marvel movie i see a lot of like pretty good action movies get panned for being slightly cheesy mm-hmm. like some jason statham shit and stuff like that yeah i don't know i just feel like a lot of time it's it's also like misdirected so like a jason statham movie you know the comedy and that just doesn't work i found a lot of the time like it, it's not funny enough because they don't have a comedy writer on it they have an action movie writer yeah and so i think the 80s worked because they had they had comedic writing there like i don't know i feel like when i look at lethal weapon for example that's a comedy action movie like hybrid where it it blends both you know and it's because shane black did a great job of blending both like he knew exactly Mm -hmm. how to write in a way to do the action right comedy right and so i feel like i feel like a lot of movies yeah like jason Statham stuff some of them try to but i'm like oh it's one or the other just doesn't work in a scene you know i found it's hard to get that yeah combination the just balance right. of the tone yeah. yeah the tone it's it's juggling tones that it, a lot of those movies struggle with now i think i think you just got to establish that your movie's over the top from the get-go yeah and exactly. then that that helps it out yeah i feel Anything's like um, possible like a triple x or something like yeah yeah you, you know it's over the top when it gets over the top you're not gonna be upset like it establishes it right away it's like okay we're we're cheesy we're gonna exactly. have fun with yeah it. i agree i agree like in triple x3 they were doing like motorcycles that turned into like jet ski kind of things on the water and shit it was yeah. weird man. see man it's like who cares yeah, who cares <laughs> you, you paid to see this this, <laughs> this is in the trailer you know what's gonna happen yeah like, it's, it's great <laughs> <laughs> all right well um anyone have anything else that man i feel like i see stuff and i just forget that i watch it yeah I feel the same yeah. way i got a few just uh, so me and holly saw i feel pretty in the theater with was Amy that Schumer, good or not? Um, yeah, so no. <laughs> I mean, it was okay. It was so it's Amy Schumer's newest comedy, right? And it's like she hits her head and she she thinks she's beautiful, and the whole thing's about feeling beautiful in your own skin and stuff. And it's like obviously it's a message that you can get behind. I feel like if you watched that by yourself, you would have hated that movie. I feel like Holly kind of pressed you to like it. No, not at all. She, I mean, she enjoyed it, and and she, I I loved watching her watch it because she was laughing her ass off at a lot of it. So I thought that was fun. Overall, I didn't think it was terrible. Because I mean, some of it was pretty funny. I liked Rory Scovel was in it. I don't know. He has a stand-up special on Netflix, and he uh, maybe yeah. Rory Scovel's like reason, really funny as the boyfriend character. Reason why is because I was, Austin was uh, talking to me about that movie because he saw that with uh, Katie, and he was like, "Dude, that was like the worst movie I've ever seen in my whole life." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." All right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I definitely I don't think it's terrible. I mean, I I've seen reviews of people saying it's terrible and I honestly think those people are just shitting on Amy Schumer like at the end of the day it's just an average comedy. You yeah. know. Sometimes you get those hate bandwagons with certain celebs. Like yeah. Adam Sandler, huge hate bandwagon. No one yeah. even looks at his films objectively anymore. No so and yeah no it's just like i I went into it totally willing to you know enjoy and just i mean there's a lot of stuff that i found myself obviously rolling my eyes at and the plot god it went on so long it felt like it was two hours and it's just like it's a two-hour comedy it's like hour 55 and i'm like oh my god like just get to the end (laughs) but i mean yeah it's like a c and then i also saw super troopers 2 Oh, sorry. Were you going to say something? Oh, I just got another DVD watch. So oh, I okay. remember I watched something. Go ahead. I'll go back to Super Troopers. What? Uh, I saw. finally got around to seeing Baywatch, the movie. Oh, my God. No. It's pretty bad. Um, it's I was I was reminded of that because it's like an hour and 56 minutes, and it's a comedy, and it's what you expect from a movie based off an old TV show. It's really cheesy. The Rock is just being The Rock. It's, it's pretty dumb. It does have potential, and it kind of flip-flops from, like, really good to, like, really bad, like, in a second. The standout part of this movie, though, was Zac Efron's character, for sure. I thought he was super relatable, like, a guy who, like, keeps trying, but, like, just can't, like, kind of get it right. He keeps, like, fucking up and shit. And, yeah, I thought his character sold and carried most of the movie. Like, The Rock is there, and he's doing his thing, but, like, Zac Efron's way better in this movie, honestly. (laughs) Um, did you see it, Connor? No. Okay. I would agree. <laughs> I would agree that Zach Efron is the best part by far. Um, and yeah, it, it was very hit and miss where it's like, yeah, one scene would be 
um, very funny. And the next I'd be like, ugh, that was in bad taste. Or you're like, oh, that was a cheap joke. Like it wasn't creative at all. Yeah. And the action scenes were weird. Where like some of them would just be like these huge CGI set pieces that just look terrible. And then the next I was like, God, this looks like it could be a really creative, cool action scene. Like I remember The Rock's fighting this guy in a bedroom and like he's using it's like a baby's room and he's using like the crib and stuff to like fight the guy. And I was like, whoa, this is like kind of creative and fun. And the way he throws him out the window onto the trampoline or something, right? Is that do I have any of this right? It's something like that. I just yeah. remember watching the wow, you think you just watched it, didn't you? Man, that that part I was like checked out. That fight scene I thought was kind of boring. See, I thought it was like kind of crazy. I thought it, I, there's so many moments where I was like, God, this has the potential. It easily could have been a 21 Jump Street. Could have been like it was just a couple drafts away. I feel like. Yeah, but at 21 Jump Street, you remember the action scenes, okay? Like they're in um, they're in a driver's ed car. He's like, wait, wait, let me like, think. Yeah, I seriously the way he went. They're in um and like, looked you around. You remember it? He's like you uh. <laughs> I totally remember. So one twenty one Jump Street. Yeah. Oh, when they're the, they're oh, fuck. What are okay. they wearing? <laughs> yeah. What's Jonah thing? Hill wearing? Do you know exactly what they're wearing? Yes, he's wearing. Yeah, that, like, you Peter remember Pan those scenes, thing. but like in this movie, I saw it a week ago, and I don't remember the action scenes. Man, like, I was all. just telling you that one, and then there's also the one with the boat on fire. That was the terrible CGI that I was yeah. referencing, and that was really. I, an I remember them. Scene, My point is just that like. It was just really hit and miss. Like it felt like for every good scene, there was a bad scene. So overall, I mean, yeah, it's not that good. So overall, it's just a five out of ten. Every good scene is a bad scene. It's a little too long. I might even say it's a four out of ten. It's a little. Yeah, it's a little maybe, not. It's more it's not funny than funny. But I get what you mean. Yeah, I, I did just say for every. <laughs> uh, I was going to talk about Super Troopers too, though. Yeah, yeah. Because I was really excited. I love Super Troopers. Um, I don't know if you anybody knows Super Troopers, but it's about this like. Com- it's a comedy about these uh, state patrol. I'm pretty sure cops. everyone knows about Super Troopers. Man, like my mom, if she's listening to that, she listener, probably doesn't know listener. what Super Troopers is. Hi, Jacob's mom. Yeah, hi, mom. Uh, Super Troopers is a comedy, yeah, about state patrol troopers. And um, I really like the first one. I probably get like a B plus. This one's a B. It's totally solid sequel, which I was really surprised with because comedy sequels have been very terrible as of late. You know, with like uh, Dumb and Dumber Two, Zoolander Two all these you know they come back years later and it just does not work anymore well this movie it was shot like 16 years later 17 years later and it totally is like nothing ever left you know it's like they pick it up right where the first one left off and it's perfect um I called my dad except everyone looks way tonight. older <laughs> hold up everyone looks way older yes what'd you just say connor <laughs> I, I, nothing you called your dad a closeted racist tonight why <laughs> no no big deal it was just I don't know, you know. <laughs> we just call my dad a closet racist some nights, and tonight was one of those nights. He was like calling people Mexican and shit, you know. I'm like, Dad, you're a closet racist. What does this have to do with movies? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I don't get what that felt was like, related. Felt like you interrupted us to say this. <laughs> we were talking about super troopers, and you're just bringing up like <laughs> being a closet racist. I know. <laughs> okay. Continue. <laughs> we'll keep that in mind yeah <laughs> we'll return back to that later i just thought super troopers 2 was a solid sequel and then um one of the last movies i wanted to quickly talk about i, I saw justin's favorite movie of all time this week eight and a half what'd you think um, eight and a half eight that's and it half. yep that's it <laughs> Just like um, how the filmmaker called it. I mean, I don't know. I think that's so cool how the filmmaker called it eight and a half. Like, like eight and a half millimeter film? What? Eight and a half millimeter film. No. I don't even know why it's called eight and a half. That's amazing. Movie. It's because it was his eight and a half film. Like he thinks that he, when he made this film, he thought he had seven and a half. One of them he only thought of as a half. And because this film is a basically about film, you know, the film that they're talking about throughout the movie is the film we're watching. Yeah. So he just called it eight and a half because it's his eight and a half film. And I was like, what? Like, the whole thing is just so meta before movies were meta. And, I mean, what? It's like 1960, right? Or 1959? It's 1963, okay. I think. Wow, yeah. shit. It's black and white, off. so. Um, I thought your favorite film of all time was Seven. It's like this is like my second favorite. Okay, I'm sorry. I th- You're right. It is Seven. I when thought did you, you were talking about, se- about Seven this whole time. I'm really sorry. 
I'm really sorry. No, I'm talking no, about dude. the film Eight and a Half. It's not okay. Film. I thought you were just rating seven it Seven or eight. No, my two favorite movies are number movies, Seven and Eight and a Half. You said Seven, but I could have sworn you said dude. Eight and a Half at another point. I'm sorry. Weird. They're like I, tied. I like them for different reasons. You said Eight and a Half yeah. before. You see, so I'm not I thought you were just or? rating Seven. I thought you were like, Eight and a Half. What'd you think? <laughs> eight and a Half. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. All right. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I'm excited to listen back to this and hear it from your perspective. Yeah. Okay, sorry. So, yes, there's a foreign film t- titled Eight and a Half, and it gets really confusing because it's a movie about a director who doesn't know how to finish his movie, and he keeps going back into his dreams and his memories and um, fantasies. And I think his fantasies are, like, the best part of the movie. There's so much about, like, human, like, psyche in there and the subconscious. It's, it's so cool. It's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's such a trip because it, it, the way it balances between the reality, the fantasy, the daydream, the night dream, the, you know, everything, it's all these different things at once. It does it like you have no idea it's happening. And so it's like all of a sudden you're in the dream and you have to figure that out with like subtle cues. Like there's no music in this scene or everyone's wearing white all of a sudden, stuff like that. And you're like, oh shit, now I'm in the dream. Because it's all Because in a dream, you don't know you're in a dream, but yes. there's those little giveaways. It's yeah. exactly like a dream where it just won't tell you that you're in a dream. Or like, and it always involves the characters that are in the movie too. So it makes it even more confusing. So it's like, you can't re- tell what a scene was until it's over oftentimes. When the scene's over, you're like, oh God, that was a dream. That whole scene was a dream. None of that, the final sentence of that just didn't make sense. So that's yeah, how like you, you wake up from the dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was super cool. Yo, can I can I tell like a quick story? <laughs> yeah. Something that happened to me the other day. Okay. So I was like, I got, I was just waking up, and I had Radiohead, uh, I had Creep by Radiohead playing, and I was just like listening to it, and then you know when the song fades out, you get a call. So I get a call. I look at my phone, and all it says, like I don't have this person in my contacts or anything, and all it says is green. It says green, right? So I'm like, green, no number, nothing. Pick up the phone. I'm like, hello. They're like, hi, is, is this Connor? I'm like, yeah, this is Connor. And he's like, thank you, sir. Hangs up the phone. I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Green? I'm like, what does that mean? So I was like, talk to my mom. I was like, mom, I just, this, this happened to me. And I'm like, she's like, oh, yeah, it's a sign from the universe. You, you got, it's something about green today. I'm like, all right, today's a green day. So I listened to Green Day on my way to work. And, and then I get to work and I'm at work working. And then I get a call from Green again. And I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. So I pick up the phone. I'm like, hello. And then silence for 10 seconds. I'm just like, hello. And they don't talk. They hang up the phone after 10 seconds. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, what's going on? You're in now. <laughs> Yo, I, I got a phone story, man. Okay, we'll come back to that. Why are you interrupting his story? Oh, is his phone story still going? He didn't end it. Oh, it's still going? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I can't believe that just happened. What were you saying, Connor? Bruh. (laughs) Fuck you. What were you saying? Come on. Okay, so... so spoiled it. (laughs) (laughs) answer. All right, yeah, that was pretty much the end anyway, because, like, they didn't call back. That was it? <laughs> See, the story was over, Damn, man. I was set you up gotta for let something me wrap huge. it up, though. Because <laughs> like, I have huge to wrap it up. But it's weird. I'm like, fuck, dude, green. Green. All right, then. Man, I really thought there was going to be uh, something to He it, ruined man. it. You're right. I yeah. think I would have been fine you ending it there. But him setting, he made me think there was more to it. Yeah, I know. It's fucking it's ass. F- it's fine. Go ahead and tell me your story, Justin. I hope it's um, good. <laughs> my story was, uh, this is, well, I was, like, going to school and, like, I got a call, like, in the morning, like, three days in a row. And, like, I never picked it up. And, like, one day I get, like, a message. And the whole message is just, Justin, ja- Justin, you there? Justin? It's, like, an older <laughs> dude's voice. And I have no idea who this is. They never called back again. I'm baffled by this entire experience. <laughs> You've never solved it? No, I've never solved you gotta it. you got to find I've, out who that was, dude. I, I, That's I, crazy. I still have the message on name. my phone. Yeah. Play the message for Can us. Play I'll play it right now. Pull it and play it, it into up. the mic. I'll, I'll play it. I'll play it right now. Oh, oh my, you kept it. I gotta hear this. This, this is crazy. Amazing. Oh, put right, it on let me pull it up. Talk about something while I get it. All oh right. my god. Okay, actually, okay. I have a phone story that yeah. I was told today right. from one of my classmates that I thought was crazy. Okay. He works at um, the library, and one of his um, one of his customers. Uh, God, he had he was trying to type in his phone number, right? 
something like that and for rewards or something mm-hmm. and and michael was just having so much trouble with the guy trying to get his phone number that he just he took the guy's phone found his number right and put it in or whatever so this guy has i'm trying to understand how this works this guy then texts oh what oh god what? it sounds like he's listening to the message right now i really want to hear it okay whatever it doesn't matter um this guy messages micah through facebook and he messages him not through a facebook though he uses facebook messenger but his phone number to message micah mm-hmm. so micah's getting messages through his facebook from this random guy that he met at the kids up library right and it's all like i mean it's weird stuff it's like pictures of like his ankle and it's his bracelet ankle and it's like because he's on house arrest and then he's like hey i got to see my kids today and he's like talking to him like it's a diary or something and Micah can't get rid of these messages. He can't block the number or something because it's through Facebook Messenger and the guy doesn't have a Facebook account. Mm. Well, so I was like, okay, I feel like this guy knows what he's doing, right? <laughs> like he, he's going through Messenger specifically so you can't avoid his messages. He knows when you're reading them and stuff like that. And Micah's been like, he's just playing ghost. Like he just isn't responding to any of this. The guy on a daily basis has been re- still messaging him. And I'm like, you got to investigate this. I think he should like try to meet him in a public place or something. We should turn, we should get cameras out and stuff. We got to find out. Yeah, who this you got guy the is. equipment now. We can film this, man. I think it's weird. That I think it's cool. really weird how this weird. guy's just messaging him on a daily basis without him responding once, and he's just pouring his heart and soul out to Micah. And, That's weird. And he's doing it in a way that Micah has no choice but to participate. <laughs> I thought it was crazy. pretty weird. All right, story. I got the message. I'm not sure if it's gonna come up on the mic, but we will try. And that's it. That's the whole message. It sounded like he said hello, hello, hi, Justin. Yeah, I got I got the wording a little wrong. The so first what time. was it exactly? It was. Oh, it's still going. Yeah, Justin, hello, you there? Hello, I have no like idea this guy, who this person is. Did you like is. apply for a job or something? I wasn't looking for jobs at that time. I was like, I was steady working at that time. Weird, man. weird. Yeah, that is weird. It's got to be an explanation. We need to find. You it. know, it's funny listening back to voice messages. They're just instantly creepy. Like hearing that, just like shuffling and the hello, hello, Justin. I'm like, oh shit, aliens. Like, I used to, <laughs> yeah, I used what's to weird leave. is that he called consistently three days, and then after that message, never heard from him again. I don't know. Super weird. What this is. Yeah, or are you gonna say weird. Connor? <laughs> he was in the middle of talking, and then you said that, and then he just went straight face. He was like super mad. <laughs> I used to leave really, really weird voicemails to Austin because, like, I would just, like, when he didn't pick up the phone, I would be pissed. So I'd be like, yo, Austin, pick up your fucking phone. And so I, <laughs> he, and he kept all of them. And I would just freak out on him, be really weird. And so I, I want to hear those because, like, those are cool. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Like, 20. There's, like, got to be 20 of them. Yeah, Because I, I, <laughs> I would call and he'd be like, voice ma- mailbox full because I fucking filled it. Fuck. <laughs> Very it's nice. It's like that scene I from hear Swingers that. or whatever. Just like god. keep leaving voicemails. Oh god, Swingers is unbearable that, with the voicemails. That's like, the cringiest movie scene I've ever seen. It's so bad. <sighs> it's well done, the fact that it's so cringy. I yeah. feel like it, it reminds me a lot of Taxi Driver. Like I don't know if you've seen Taxi Driver, but there's a scene in Taxi Driver where he calls the girl after the date and the camera uh looks it's looking at him at the phone booth and it slowly drifts away to look down the hallway that's empty because the camera itself is like embarrassed to look at him because it's so awkward and uncomfortable i love it so much (laughs) it's such a great camera move it's creative yeah right it's scorsese um okay so i think we could just i'm gonna i wanted to talk a little bit about jean-luc uh goddard 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 jean-luc goddard uh, is he French? Yes, French gotta filmmaker. Gotta say it with a French accent. Jean-Luc Godard. <laughs> Godard. I don't know. Four out of ten. Thanks, man. I tried. Well, no, yeah. Um, but we'll get back to that. I think that we should break this up a little. We're going to play the title game where um, I'm going to give you a title of a movie and you're going to tell me what that movie's about. So, based on just the title alone. No other information. Um, 
so I have a couple movies that are older, and then I think we can jump into upcoming movies. I might give you the title and like an actor, actress, and you you give me the plot based on that. So, um, this movie is called Tiptoes, and it is from two thousand four. Tiptoes from two thousand four. What do you think the plot is based on that? I would say it's about like a ballerina in like Europe during World War Two. That's what I said. You're a ballerina World War Two. Right, Connor? Yeah. yeah, I was thinking the same like along the lines of dancing. But I think it's like dancing. I th- I'm gonna go with uh like a romantic uh drama, like about dancing. Okay, so you guys pretty some romance, drama, dancing. What if I told you it had Matthew McConaughey and Gary Oldman in it? What the fuck? Wow, man. Matthew right. McConaughey and Gary Oldman. And side characters include Kate Beckinsdale and Peter Dinklage. <sighs> Tiptoes, 2004. All right. It's a, it's a crime mystery. <laughs> it changed <laughs> genres completely. <laughs> it's a crime mystery. And there's like a murder in it. <laughs> I think it's like a dramedy type movie and like Matthew McConaughey's dating Kate Beckinsale and then like Gary Oldman's like the dis- disapproving dad or something like that. He's like kind of a father figure in the film. Okay. So Justin was way closer. Was he? Um, so it's actually 2003, not four. And you it's well, that you, was the you, reason why. That changes everything. <laughs> Does man. it really the one? We would have gotten exactly. it, dude. It is a comedy drama romance. It's about two brothers. One is... It's okay. I'm going to quote this exactly. Two brothers, a dwarf, which is Gary Oldman. He plays a dwarf in this movie. Um, Yeah, you would think. No, (laughs) Peter Dinklage is in it alongside Gary Oldman, who's just on his knees the whole time. No joke, on his knees. And they just Mm -hmm. digitally took out his legs. Anyway, uh, two brothers, a dwarf, and one of typical size, uh, which is Matthew McConaughey. Um, when Matthew McConaughey's girlfriend Carol becomes pregnant, the pair are fearful that the baby will inherit the dwarfism gene. Matters are complicated still further when she finds herself falling in love with Gary Oldman. <laughs> what? I think that sounds amazing. And what does that have to do with tiptoes? It's called tiptoes because they're fucking dwarves, and he do literally tiptoe. He literally spends toes. yeah, he spends oh. the entire movie. I mean, like it looks bad, guys. It looks like What's like the comically act- bad. Man, well, what's the IMDb rating on it? Four point something out of wow. ten. Like it's it looks like ridiculous. Damn. Um, yeah, four point six out of ten. Uh, it's. Have seen it? No, it's. Oh. All, I added it to my watch list today <laughs> because I was talking about it. I was like, okay, you know what? I gotta see this if I'm gonna keep mentioning it to people. Yeah, I feel like you mentioned that me a week ago, and I totally blanked on what it was. <laughs> all right, so um, I got another movie. This one's from 2015. And it's called Deathgasm. What do you guys think Deathgasm is about? Porno. I feel like, yeah, some, there's somebody. It's like an that, erotic. There's, a, there's like a girl that fucks someone and every time they come, they die or something like that. <laughs> it's got to be it. <laughs> Man. So you guys are sticking with girl fucking and, yeah. and the dying. Okay. Oh, right. I'm going I'm to change it up well, a bit. I just think that's so it. what's the that's title? That's not a bad deathgasm. I mean, that's not a bad guess I mean, for if deathgasm. If it's not that, then they're dumb as fuck for using that title. Deathgasm, that works for death. Like, yes, that's oh, a good plot. Give me the title and you're again. Uh, deathgasm 2015. 2015. 2015. I think it has something to do with like a bomb. It's like the nickname for like a bomb <laughs> nuclear experiment or something. Oh, that's what I think okay. It is. Wow. So two teenage boys unwittingly summon an ancient evil entity known as the blind one by delving into black magic while trying to escape their mundane lives. Dude, like it's pretty similar to Connor, but it's not a sex demon. It's just literally just a regular old demon. It sounds like it's just a regular demon, not a sex demon. I just it's thought Deathgasm was a really funny title. <laughs> that is. There's no way on earth that then we could be like, oh, dude, it's two boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they summon a demon because they're bored. <laughs> it's like you knew exactly. Deathgasm. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's tough, man. So um, some of the stuff that I had for, like, coming out soon. So there's a movie called Woman Walks Ahead, right? And that's coming out um, June 29th, Woman Walks Ahead. And it is an A24 film. Mm-hmm. That stars Jessica Chastain and Sam Rockwell. What is it about? They're in a foreign country documenting 
something and there's like a little bit of a romance there and sam rockwell is going to be witty through the whole movie that that's what it's about um i'm trying to think outside the box because so um yeah they're in a relationship and she's kind of more like the dominant one in the relationship and i don't know sam rockwell's pissed the whole movie he's a bitch (laughs) and jessica chastain is uh doing shit with his li- with her life but sam rockwell's not i don't know fuck all right so woman walks ahead is a film about um jessica chastain plays a portrait painter from the 1890s so it's set in the western times um 1890s brooklyn she travels to dakota to paint a portrait of sitting bull right like a, a famous indian tribe leader uh, native mm-hmm. american tribe leader and uh, becomes embroiled in the lakota people's struggle over the rights to their land boom <laughs> and what's sam brockwell do i don't know it looks i'm sure sam rockwell's probably going to be like a cowboy like because she's she's helping the native american tribe so i'm sure he's going to mm-hmm. be the the opposing yeah i'm reading right now casting list he's colonel you know so. what we should have done the one with the fucking name the tight names of the, you tell us the, the like plot and then we guess the title that's way easier oh yeah yeah this one's it's, it's a damn little near impossible like, okay i feel like this one might be a little easier um <laughs> I feel like you guys can get close to this. So this movie is called Mile 22. comes out August 3rd, and it stars Mark Wahlberg and is directed by Peter Berg. Mile 22. It's an action thriller. What's the plot? Oh, right. Connor, you want to go first this time? Well, no. No, I don't know. Because it's got to be like, it's the same shit as like Patriot's Day or Deepwater Horizon. Like, it's probably based on a true story. So, Mile 22... I don't know, a marathon. It wouldn't. It wouldn't okay, so I, I'm gonna marathon. I'm gonna give another little hint. I would say, hear what you're hearing. Okay, so when you think it's not your story, I'll just say it's not true story. So when you think Mark Wahlberg, Peter Berg, not true story. Mile twenty two. All right, dude. I don't know. Okay, Mark Wahlberg. His wife dies, and. <laughs> He goes through a midlife crisis, and he flies to Tokyo. This is what and I'm talking about. Yes. Okay. Going. He flies to Tokyo. He gets involved in some gang stuff, and he kills a bunch of people. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Yes. He kills a bunch of people in Tokyo. All right. So with that in mind, yeah, that, that's, that's, Con- that's, the, that's the kind of thing I'm looking for, Connor. Oh. <laughs> All right. I got one. Yeah. All right. Mark Wahlberg goes on a fishing expedition. He goes that's- out. And he's trying to catch swordfish or yeah, swordfish. Yes, he is. And he's yeah. casting his reel, and a giant swordfish pulls him in the water. He gets pulled down the depths of the ocean. Good twenty-two thing wearing, miles. Good thing he's wearing scuba gear and a fucking <laughs> oxygen mask and everything. He gets pulled down twenty-two miles into the ocean. He's down there trying to survive with a fucking sword. And then he kills the swordfish, <laughs> takes the fucking swordfish's fish horn, and, and he's trying to survive. <laughs> Mile twenty-two. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's great. That's Underwater survival. Guys, both really good ideas. <laughs> it might be better than what this is, honestly. This is an elite American intelligence officer aided by a top-secret tactical command unit tries to smuggle a mysterious police officer with sensitive information out of the country. It's like probably the most generic-sounding movie I've ever heard in my life. It could be cool, though. Uh, well, of course it could be cool. It's Mark Wahlberg. It's probably Wahlberg. pretty entertaining. I mean, yeah. it's, the poster is literally just him standing with a gun, and it says, Option 1, Diplomo. Who? Option one, diplomacy. Option two, military. Meet option three. And it's just Mark Wahlberg with a gun. Yeah, I saw the poster. I totally forget. The super forgettable. It's yeah. a for- it looks like it. Okay, fine. So fine. Okay, we'll go plot and then you give a title for it. The, okay. for- Let's try it. Yeah. Because- so upcoming movie. Do you want, should I give you the cast still or? Doesn't matter. I don't know. Okay, so plot. Chronicles meth addiction and recovery through the eyes of a father who watches his son and the struggles with the disease. Sorry, um, as fine. he dis- struggles with the disease. Yeah, that's all we need. All right, what, what's it called? I thought we got title options. Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, okay, I guess, yeah, well, okay. So, give me a sec. <laughs> all right, well. You didn't, I can't 
give a stab at what it is. That's a so it's meth addiction. Yeah, and like the dad's got cancer, trying to like take care of his kid. No, I mean, he never said anything about cancer, know. but you could you can. He struggles with the disease of the addiction. That's oh, the disease. That's the addiction. So it's probably gonna be something like. I I honestly have no idea. All right. Well, okay. here are you typing in some names here. Addiction the, movies. It's gonna be like thirty seconds or something. So. So here's a couple titles. Okay. Is it called Serenity, Carefree, Beautiful Boy, or Help? It's called Beautiful Carefree. Boy. You call it Carefree? You call it Beautiful Boy. It is called Beautiful Boy. Uh, <laughs> it stars Timothy Chalamet right, as the as the meth addict. Timothy the Chalamet dude from uh, Call Me by Your Name. Yep. Nice. Cool. And the dad is Steve Carell. Nice. It's gonna be amazing. I, what I, if it's not amazing? It's supposed to come out in November. It's going to get awards stuff. It's probably going to oh, get nominated okay. for all the stuff. <laughs> it sounds yeah. awesome. Like, it sounds like, oh, that's going to be, like, really heartbreaking. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, yeah, I just had to pick random titles on the spot for that. So that was, like, I, I guess the title one's hard with the options. But one of the ones I said was called Serenity. So we're going to just go off that really quick. The movie called Serenity. It stars uh, Matthew McConaughey and Ath- Anne Hathaway. Isn't that the Firefly movie? What? No, oh, that Serenity? is the Firefly. Yeah. yeah. There's another movie called Serenity. Yeah, Matthew okay. McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. Is it coming out or has it? Coming out. Okay. We have to guess the plot? Yeah. All right. Justin, you go first, bro. Right. Matthew McConaughey. Now let's start with. Uh, Anne Hathaway. I don't know if this is a good one because this is pretty vague. <laughs> this is a vague plot, but yeah, go okay. Go ahead and just give a vague. Anne Hathaway. She's like moving up in the world in like journalism or something or medical, and she like moves to a new city, got a new job, and she meets this creepy dude played by Matthew McConaughey <laughs> who like kind of like works with her and like something like that, or like she's like he's like her mentor or something. They have like a weird relationship going, something like that. Okay. All right. I uh, should write movies, guys. <laughs> yeah, these are all great. <laughs> all right. A pilot, Matthew McConaughey, and a, and a flight attendant, Anne Hathaway, <laughs> crash. <laughs> they crash into. What uh, about everybody else on the shut plane? Shut the fuck up. No, no, they no, crash I like into this. a deserted island, and uh, they're the only two left alive, and they have to find peace and or serenity on this island. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. I feel like the... You calling him a pilot is really because it says <laughs> the past, the mysterious past of a fishing boat captain. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of close. <laughs> close the mysterious past of a fishing boat captain living in the Caribbean comes back to haunt him, ensnaring a new life, uh, ensnaring his life in a new reality that may not be all what it seems. So it sounds like it's going to get trippy, probably. So like Anne Hathaway is like an old friend who visits him, kind of. I feel I like, yeah, yeah. Diane Lane's also in it, along with Jason Clark, which. So yeah. it seems like it's going to be a good cast. And um, I don't know. I mean, it's written and directed by the guy who did Locke and the show Peaky Blinders and Taboo, which mm. I don't know. It's Tom Hardy stuff. Like, but uh, yeah. Well written. Locke was, was really well written. How is it with this? going to mention Locke in this podcast when we were talking about movies later. So. Nice. Awesome. That's, yeah. It's, um, I don't know. I just. I think these these titles are really uh, Serenity. I don't even know what the hell that means. And even after hearing the plot, I have absolutely no idea what Serenity that means. Serenity is like peace, clarity. Yeah, I know, yeah. but I mean, like, in the context of the film, I have no idea what it means. Like, it's the name of the ship, probably. Oh, God, I hope not. That'd be so dumb, right? Isn't yeah. that be on the nose if it's, like, all about him finding his himself or something? And then It's, it's also like Prometheus. It's like, oh, the name of the ship. There's no cool... Actually, did they go off the legend in Prometheus? The legend of Prometheus? I don't know. I think they, they dabbled on it. They yeah, like I think they dabbled on it. at it, but yeah. The ship's called Prometheus. That's why the movie's called Prometheus. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Alien Covenant. They got Lacey. Oh, the ship's called Covenant. Oh, yeah. Two Alien exactly. movies that's what they named just do after now. the ships. Yeah. I think that's what they're going to just do from now on. I, God, I hope they stop making those movies now. Well, they left it on a cliffhanger, so they have to make like the last one in the new Sega, I guess. I don't know. If there is a new Sega. Sega? You mean Saga? Yeah, like the modern <laughs> Alien movies. No, yeah. Slaga. Slaga. Sega is the the company that makes Sonic and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah I know them. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to jump in just really quick. I'm going to talk about Jean-Luc Godard. Um, so I saw Breathless, which was made 1960 in My Life to Live, which is also the a real title. It's called Vivre Sa Vie. And um, Vivre Sa Vie was an experimental film where it, like, to me, it just felt it was like 12 parts 
and it just felt like the whole thing was just experimenting with the camera work and stuff and it was really cool each part was shot differently and like i don't know it, it follows this um this young woman and she her life devolves into prostitution and it's literally just her downfall and it's like really heart- heartbreaking the whole movie is such a downer but from a filmmaking standpoint it's amazing i thought um other people in the class thought it was super amateur but i was like isn't that the point like this whole thing is just him doing something new with the camera like he's just trying to show it in a new way and i thought it was so creative breathless i loved way more though because breathless you've seen justin yeah i've seen i think it's it the movie just kind of wanders and doesn't really have direction and i kind of like movies that have a bit of direction a bit of tension it yeah it's not like your normal plot narrative you know the structure is a little it feels kind of it feels very spontaneous which is what i love i might rewatch these movies i haven't seen in like three years yeah they're they're both on filmstruck and i feel like it's just really cool because the movie feels like it's just being made up on the spot um breathless is it follows this um guy who's like a small town crook and he's like a car thief and the movie opens and he finds himself in a situation where he has to kill a police officer and so he's on the run and he sees this girl that he used to know and the movie is just him and this girl and they're like conversations and stuff kind of but the whole time he's on the run and she doesn't really know and i really love it i don't i don't i mean i feel like older movies like this you can't really spoil and it's not really spoiler but there comes a point where she finds out th- about this and she's just all in she's like i don't even care i want to be with it's you. like uh goodfellas like when ray Liotta like beats up that guy in her neighborhood and then she's like <laughs> You know, I thought it was a red flag, but it kind of turned me on. Like, yeah. the whole gangster element. I, yeah. yeah, Breathless had a moment like that almost where it was just like, she was like, oh, yeah, I don't I don't care. And I was like, oh, I loved it. Like, their relationship, those two main characters, I just, it was like a Bonnie and Clyde, but like a realistic Bonnie and Clyde. Okay, that's stupid for me to say because Bonnie and Clyde yeah. was real life. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Where it's like, I just feel like it, it was just an honest girl meeting a guy who just got a little a little out of control you know he he broke too many laws and it was just so fun to watch and and it was so creative and just it was great also this the movie's well known because it created the jump cut um as they were editing it the movie was two and a half hours and the film uh the edit the producer said you have to cut an hour out and so he's like i don't want to cut any scenes like how do i cut an hour out of this movie so all he did was he cut out any moment that he wasn't directly excited the director thought every moment in the film was exciting that he left in so he just like they'll be driving down the street and all of a sudden they're halfway down the street and they're still having the same conversation just like you see on like youtube videos you know those are jump cuts this was the first movie to ever do it and it's super jarring but it does it throughout because it's like it's just jumping keeping it constantly interesting and it's constantly moving which makes it so fast and god i just i loved every second of it i thought i'm gonna rewatch that yeah yeah. Is uh the film Italian movie um, La Ventura on your list? I'm watching that this week. Most boring movie I've probably ever seen. Really? Uh, I mean, there is like, I mean, there's a reason you're watching it for sure. Yes. But it's kind of it's a it's a drag, man. Ugh, some really of these have been. Some of these have been like, oof, this is a little rough to get through. But. Yeah. One, tell me once you see it, because I think it's just kind of like a meaningless drag. I'll mention La Ventura and Red Desert, and um, I think I'm starting Rashomon, or oh, I'm, Rash- I'm getting into Rashomon. Is that the? It's Kurosawa, yeah, uh, from Seven Samurai and stuff. So I'm I'm gonna start delving next week into Kurosawa. Rashomon, I think, is good. It's one story from like four different perspectives. I'm really excited really to cool. see all of Kurosawa's work because I watch it in Yojimbo. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. yeah, like I mentioned, of course, the huge one is Seven Samurai, which. Yeah, so I'm I'm this class is so cool cuz I love that it's like forcing me to watch all these classics that I've meant to watch for so long, especially at Eight and a Half and Breathless. Breathless mm-hmm. honestly is probably the best movie of the entire film class I've seen. Like I like it better than all Hitchcock films I've seen probably. Huh. Breathless just worked for me. And the teacher, he said two filmmakers that constantly use Godard styles are uh, Quentin Tarantino and Steven Soderbergh. I'm like those are two filmmakers that I have idolized my whole life. Tim, I mean Tarantino for all the films he makes and his writing, and Soderbergh, he's one of the few director and cinematographer like workers where he does both, and I've always idolized him for that, and also his work on Out of Sight and Ocean's Eleven and stuff. But yeah, I just thought it was so cool, like their style. I could totally see, oh, everything I loved about Godard, like all my inspirations, this is their inspiration, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, no wonder I fell in. 
this movie so instantly. So I just I wanted to talk about it a bit just so everybody was more aware and everybody should definitely check out Godard. Yeah, also I'd highly recommend the film service uh Filmstruck. You get mm-hmm. a lot of old movies, classic criterion stuff, artistic stuff. Oh, if yeah. you like the kind of stuff, like get that service, it's amazing. Oh yeah. Please yeah. sponsor us Criterion Collection Filmstruck. Yeah, Filmstruck, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, so I guess now we're going to talk about an actor, right? So actor, or actress, Connor, do you want to pick an actor or actress that we could talk about? No. <laughs> well, okay. So th- what this game is going to be is we're going to pick an actor, or actress, and then we'll say our, our favorite movie of theirs, our least favorite movie of theirs, and one that we think is underrated, whether it be for their performance or the movie itself. So, um, y- you don't want to pick one, Connor. Okay. Justin got an actor, or actress for us um let's pick julianne moore julianne moore yeah okay so let's just let's just openly discuss julianne moore's filmography how about that and then we can it's diverse yeah she keeps going she keeps making good movies so when i think of julianne moore what comes right off in the bat in my head are boogie nights and big lebowski i think both those movies are fucking great um what comes to your guys mind when you think julianne moore uh jurassic park 2 which isn't that good and still alice those are the two that come to my mind all right so yeah the lost world jurassic park's okay <laughs> um, the t-rex going through san diego is pretty cool though <laughs> i think the, i think the end's pretty good yeah i think of weird movies like the kids are all right that's the first movie that came to my head okay yeah she's <laughs> with mark ruffalo she's done a lot of movies like that i feel like yeah. or like th- that falls into the still alice category yeah, yeah. where it's like that indie dramedy well still alice is street drama but <laughs> yeah it, you know the independent film i feel like she often thrives in independent film man that's what i'm thinking of that's like recent that i really liked and it was like current a guy like doing a good job you can pull up your phone i mean i don't know yeah, i'm just looking because yeah, look i think I, I remember just recently i saw her in kingsman too and you know she was really entertaining in kingsman i thought as poppy the villain like she she was fun um suburbicon was okay but I don't she know. had a yeah she was good in suburbicon mm. she played i just feel like there wasn't much she could do there you know <laughs> Ooh, don john i really like oh, don, don john don john okay yeah. i'm just gonna call it right now don john's probably my underrated pick i think don john is way better than people say it is and people say it's bad i just think people just haven't seen it i know i feel like most people say it's it's good you know they're like oh it's you know it's it's cute it's fun it's and you know it's light entertainment but i think it's so much better than that like don john's a movie that stars um joseph gordon levitt written and directed by him as well and it's about a guy with a, a porn addiction and he just has a warped sense of of love because of that and I think the way the story is told is just so energetic and fun and creative. And also what the story has to say is really um, poetic in a way. And I totally agree with it. I really like the message of it. So definitely check out Don John. That's yeah, my Don John pick. is great. Yeah, I love Don John for sure. What yeah, else you guys I haven't missed? seen a lot of her movies, man. I feel like I've seen more of her. Um, oh, my God. I'm actually like I'm legitimately having trouble thinking of a best because I have three movies right here in front of my face that are I would say are ten out of ten. Dude, I don't know. I don't know her that well. Okay, I feel like she's she's in a lot of movies though. Crazy Stupid Love's good. Yes, so that's one of the three that I had. It's ten out of ten. I my other ten out of tens were Boogie Nights. because I just, oh God, I think Boogie Nights is so great. And um, I also love Children of Men, but neither of you guys have seen Children of Men. That. You watch Children of Men? Isn't it with uh, Clive Owen and Julianne Moore, 2006 sci-fi movie? Uh, set- no, I was actually going to watch that because it's on Amazon Prime, I think, right? I don't know. I all I know is that I when we first started this podcast I mentioned it I and none of you guys had saw it and I was like what oh, man maybe I, I thought I had maybe yeah I it's it's seriously it's so hard because <laughs> it's funny that you picked Julian Moore because seriously Boogie Nights Crazy Stupid Love and um, Children of Men are three of my favorite movies I'd probably say it's between Children of Men or Boogie Nights for me I don't know I'd say my favorite's still Alice I think her performance is just great obviously she won the Oscar for that one. And I feel like a lot of people, even though she won the Oscar, a lot of people still haven't checked this movie out. Mm-hmm. Like, I it's haven't. It's still a really good... Yeah, see, you haven't checked it out. Mm-mm. 
yeah, it's a really good movie regardless. Like, what's it got on IMDb? Let me see. It's it's got a seven point five, so that's a pretty good rating. Yeah, it's about it's I'll about add what it to the list. It's got Alec Baldwin, Kristen Stewart. They're good. I mean, okay, there's definitely okay. There's a movie like if I was to say her worst, there's a movie called Chloe, and she was in it, and it's her, Liam Neeson, and the lead Chloe is played by Amanda Seyfried, and it's terrible. Oh my god, it's bad. It's really bad. It's like almost straight to DVD bad, and it's about. Um, Liam Neeson hires an escort or sorry um, what am I saying Julian Moore hires an escort to seduce her husband which is Liam Neeson and Uh she thinks he's cheating but then it like it takes a turn (laughs) it gets weird pretty sure that was on Netflix yes it definitely was it might still be it's very bad I thought I mean there's a lot of nudity in it so that was cool but might have been why I watched it yeah, Amanda Seyfried gets naked and Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore is an actress that's not afraid to get naked, I've no. noticed, too. She gets yeah, naked she gets a naked lot naked of movies. I mean, also, well, Boogie Nights, yeah, boogie. like, yeah. pretty heavily. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally skipped over that one. <laughs> she, didn't have, she didn't have anything to be ashamed of. She still doesn't. Oh, God. I also, an underrated, I would say, is Evolution. I think Evolution is so fun. Oh, yeah, you've talked about that one a lot. You say it's like Ghostbusters for like aliens or something. Yeah, Evolution was made in 2001 from the director of Ghostbusters, has a cast of four people, and it's David Duchovny, Sean William Scott, Orlando Jones, and fucking Julia Moore, and they're fighting aliens. It's just Ghostbusters, but with aliens instead of ghosts. Oh, yeah. I I made you watch it, yeah. Yeah. And I love it. It's like a (laughs) classic from when I was a kid. It's super funny. And it's seriously, it's from the director of Ghostbusters, and you can tell it has the exact same humor of Ghostbusters, where it's like the way that they would hunt down the ghosts and like laugh about it and make fun of them and stuff is the exact same way they hunt down aliens in this like <laughs> it's so fun Dude, yeah i remember that movie it was funny yeah it was evolution i mean any other ones you guys want to throw out i guess we're just naming movies yeah, yeah i thought i've seen a lot more with her yeah, you picked a, but you picked a you picked a character actress <laughs> like, yeah um what about a bigger one like uh connor you got fuck you i don't want to <laughs> pick an actor you gotta pick something yeah. Shia LaBeouf. All right, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Okay, so. So what are we doing? Are we doing underrated? We're gonna do one. We'll, we'll pick each three movies: his best movie, his worst movie, and one that we think is underrated. Okay. Either whether it's for his performance or for the movie itself. So we'll we'll narrow it down: best, worst, underrated. And it's good because he doesn't have that many, so it's like we can easily say. Underrated Fury. Best. Uh, Disturbia, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> okay, Fury's better than Disturbia. Okay, yeah, those are both like in the same category. Um, maybe underrated is the Evan Stevens movie. Even Stevens the movie. The Evan Stevens movie. <laughs> when I first read God. it, when I didn't know oh. how to read, I was just like, it's the Evan Stevens movie. <laughs> Turns oh. out it's the Even Stevens movie. Indeed, it and is. And I thought that movie Stevens. was pretty good. So that that makes the list. Wow, I'm actually really disappointed looking at this list. <laughs> I thought he's done a lot better. Same. I w- it's the sad thing for me. We I keep picking I, people who we think we've seen more of. Well, it's no. It's just he Ooh. hasn't done enough. Like Mark right. Wahlberg. I got. I got a few. Okay, go ahead. All right. Um, I'd say best Lawless movie is just really good, and, and I love Shia LaBeouf in that movie. But the movie itself is just really, really good. And then uh, underrated American Honey. That movie was amazing long but amazing and he fucking killed it in that movie and worst it's uh, a good question i was gonna say for me the evan stevens movie even <laughs> oh my god even stevens. even stevens movie um i for me the best i really like fury but I also really like Holes. So well, I'm probably going to say Holes. Holes is so good. I forgot about that Holes one. is probably his best movie. Nah. I, no, I got to say, because I think uh, Fury is really good. Uh, worst Nymphomaniac Volume 1. Okay, yeah, that's a bad movie. <laughs> I was going to say Worst is easily Transformers Revenge of the Fallen for me. I think for Transformers 2 is terrible. Nymphomaniac Volume 1? I have. No, I have bad. <laughs> Some people like Lars von Trier. I haven't delved into his filmmaking yet. But okay, it's not bad, bad but it's, 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 it, it's like it's... It's weird. It's a nymphomaniac movie. So. Yeah. It's got a seven on IMDb. Pretty crazy. I feel Shia, weird. You see just Shia dick in it. Like, I feel like it's probably fake, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. We I'll go in. I'll investigate. I'll check. Isn't this like out. the same we'll guy a, who does. We'll, probably, uh, we'll put Detective Hollis on the case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Isn't the same guy who does Spring Breakers? No, that's Harmy. 
uh, that's Harmony Corrine or whatever. Um, this guy's the guy who did Antichrist, and um, I don't know what that is. Yeah, Antichrist stars William Dafoe, and it's crazy. I don't even know. His movies are really artsy, and like really, you love it or hate it. You know, it's gonna be. It's going to have some disturbing imagery in there for sure. It's always going to have really sexual stuff. Like how, I mean, <laughs> it's called Nymphomaniac. Nymphomaniac. It's in two There's two of them. Yeah, so this is what I have to say. is like To perfectly sum up what kind of films he makes, he makes a, a, a four-hour film called Nymphomaniac that has straight-up porn sex scenes throughout. Like just straight-up full-on sex scenes in, in the movie. For like cool. no, I mean, for like long extended periods of time, it's like I don't know. To me, a lot of the time, I'm like, God, this is not like what's art, you know, about this. Like, this is just a waste of my time. <laughs> you know, some people say porn is the highest form of art. Those people are, yeah. have opinions I don't care about. Like, <laughs> I don't know like Shia LaBeouf, he said that once. LaBeouf, LaBeouf. Wow, Shia you're getting LaBeouf. everything wrong. Dude, I can't what believe is that. Wrong with you. How do you pronounce his name? Evans, Shia LaBeouf. It's you Shia pronounce LaBeouf. It Evan Stevens and Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> The Boofy. <laughs> Boofy the Vampire Slayer. Homeschooled. Homeschooled. Okay. Homeschooler for life. Let's just hop on one big one. One that we know has a lot of movies. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. What's the best Matt Damon movie? What's the worst Matt Damon movie? Oh, man. And what I Matt like Damon movie is underrated? So I'm going to start it. Best Matt Damon movie? The Departed. Departed. Yeah, okay. yeah, I have to agree. <laughs> we all we all like The Departed, I but think. But what about Good Will Hunting, though? That's it. Good Will Hunting is a close, close nearby um a close nearby a close nearby the same thing it's a closer nearby or um <laughs> i don't know what what time are we at right now real quick we're, uh, we're at 61 okay so i think yeah i don't know dude matt damon was in unsane yeah he was, he the was cop in, one, in that one, one scene little scene in what? the cameo yeah he was he was he was helping her out looking around her house and stuff it was a cameo uncredited uh, no it was amazing we pointed him out we were like oh yeah this is my boy matt damon like yeah, when he showed up yeah, yeah. Uh, the Monuments Man is his worst. I'm just gonna say that right now. <laughs> Monuments. Oh my God, oh, dude. Yeah. He's how we forget. He's also in Saving Private Ryan. That's another fucking great movie. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna go. You know, Best of the Departed, underrated. Uh, the Adjustment Bureau. For sure. Yeah, I love the Adjustment yeah, Bureau. It's such a good movie. And uh, worst, I don't know. Baby Suburbicon. Is he in that? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see it, good. Though, but I know, I know. No, it's you not gotta good. See, you got to see, see it, man. It. You got to experience All it. Right. Well, eat my asshole. All <laughs> right. So I would say best. Right, I mean, worst Ocean's Twelve. Maybe it's not that bad. But Ocean's Twelve was super bad. It's, I hate yeah, Ocean's it's 12. not. It's not. It's I love not Ocean's great. Eleven. Ocean's Thirteen is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say the best, just to be different. I'll say Saving Private Ryan because it's also incredible. Mm-hmm. Um all underrated definitely dogma uh that movie is uh, you know it's a kevin smith comedy but it's all about religion enemy has this great cast including ben affleck and matt damon as a couple of angels who are sent to earth it's <laughs> it's great and um i don't know dogma is just super funny it's like a perfect mix of like real clever comments about religion and then like potty humor like it, it's super funny um Dude, maybe I'll watch that. Oh, I highly recommend it. It's my favorite Kevin Smith film. When did it come far. out? Let me, I'm 99. 99. Oh, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Dogma oh. is really... I recommend all Kevin Smith movies because I love Chasing Amy and Clerks and Mall Rats. I like all of those. But um, if I'm going to have to say worst, God, I might just say like The Good Shepherd. He made The Good Shepherd with De Niro in 2006. And God damn, was that the most boring movie I've ever seen in my life. Two hours and 47 minutes about um the early history of the cia like the invention of the cia and oh my god it was the most boring thing i've ever seen (laughs) i saw it in theater with my dad and i was it was 2006 so when i was nine i wanted to gouge my eyes out i was so fucking bored you guys think oceans eight is gonna be any good it's supposed to be like sandra bullock's like danny ocean's sister yeah i think it might be solid it looks okay i mean i'm definitely gonna see it because i love heist movies and they're always i mean it looks fun like they're gonna have fun with it i just don't think it's gonna be very clever like i can already tell okay in the ads they're acting like anne hathaway is like they're trying to steal something from her but i'm like yo she's literally on the fucking poster as one of the eight yeah (laughs) like it's obvious she's a part of it you know like i i feel like i'm spoiling the movie to say that but it feels like it's so obvious to me 
Kate Blanchett's kind of like the second one, right? She's also in it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Sarah Paulson, uh, like I said, Anne Hathaway, Rihanna, Rihanna. Um, <laughs> Mindy Kaling. Rihanna? Oh, was I late on that one, guys? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you were. Um, no, Mindy Kaling's pretty funny. So she's probably yeah. like the com- comedy relief or something. Yeah, I don't know. She's pretty one note, I felt like. I mean, she's she's a great writer. Like, she wrote for The Office and, I mean, obviously the Mindy Project and stuff. But I just feel like a lot of her, her performances, especially in film, it's just like the same type of thing. So hopefully she can hmm. be a little different. I don't know. It looks yeah, all right. like the tech girl in that or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what else are we going to talk about? I guess that's it. <laughs> was that? Did you say your Matt Damon movies, right? Yeah, so my Matt Damon movies. Best Matt Damon, uh, The Departed. I think we can all agree this yeah. is The Departed. Worst but Saving Private Ryan's close, I think. Worst is The Monuments Man, and underrated is The Adjustment Bureau. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so awesome. I guess um, we had a discussion we were going to talk about Marvel, but I think for next week, yeah. we can push that to next week. Um, all right, so... I guess we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> next uh, yeah, we'll come with next week with the pick of the last two weeks because Jacob didn't watch The Life Aquatic. Yes, and I so, will definitely yeah. see The Life Aquatic over the week and we'll be able to talk about it next Thursday. All right. See you guys next week.